Well, here we are, the very last episode of this shitty year, 2020. <laughs> Almost there. And we're doing a prelude because it's like a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, often when we're planning our episodes, we, I don't know, let's do this. I don't know, should we do this? So we're like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. I said, it'll come to me. And in one of my many sleepless nights, I'm like, we'll do a prelude. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Ah. So we're going to kick off the new year with quite... Um, some storytelling. So we figured we should give you a little background. Mm-hmm. We're going to go things. through some problems that these people we're will tell encounter. You these health problems now, <laughs> and we're not going to talk. We're just right. going to tell you that they had them in the so next. So you will be well informed yes. when they have the. Um, you can picture it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So part of our prelude is we're discussing cold weather issues. Yes, because we're going to have some cold weather problems in January. Yes, and we do this sitting in Laura's basement, we're freezing, very cold down mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so Laura's going to kick it off with... Snow blindness. Snow blindness. So snow blindness, I'm pretty sure I've had this before. It is a temporary <laughs> loss of vision due to overexposure to the sun's UV rays. In medical terms, it's called photokeratitis. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. So fancy. photo means light, and keratitis is inflammation of the cornea. So the light mm-hmm. makes your cornea inflamed. Um. It's really like a sunburn of your cornea. Oh. Is pretty much what it is. Ach. Yeah. Snow reflects 80% of the sun's UV rays Ooh. that are hitting it. Which is why you should wear sunscreen when you're skiing. Yeah. And skiing and climbing that take place at high altitudes. Intensifies it. Um, are where the UV rays are stronger, which doubles your risk of snow blindness. Excellent. Yep. And especially when compared to doing outdoor summer activities at lower altitudes. Mm-hmm. So you're way more likely to get the snow blindness at higher altitudes in the winter and the snow. Um, but you don't need snow to develop snow blindness. Well, how, what do you need, Laura? Tell me. Um, water and white sand also reflect UV rays. <gasps> white sand. They reflect them very well. Um, you know, when you're in the ocean and you don't have your sunglasses on because you're afraid <laughs> they're going to get knocked off. And, and all you that come salt's out and in like, your eyes. I can't see you in my blanket is. Um Anderson Cooper, actually, became snowblind after spending an afternoon on a boat in Portugal. Um, Excuse me, Coop. Mm-hmm, with no sunglasses on. He was blind for 36 hours. You can also, wow. Yeah. You can also develop snow blindness with no sun. There are man-made UV radiation sources, such as tanning beds and sun lamps. Oh, also, yeah. they can burn your corneas. Right, so we still have a lot of light. It's just not as actual natural light. Okay. Any UV rays that are coming at you, wherever they're coming Blind from. Blind you. Yeah. So symptoms of snow blindness are... Um, Darkness. And they usually, <laughs> they frequently occur like a few hours after exposure, like a sunburn. So you're okay. in the sun, you're sunburned. You don't feel it until you come home, you shower off, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm burned. Yeah. But on the beach, you don't feel the burn. So it's the same <laughs> with the snow blindness. You feel you're okay. And then a few hours later, this starts. So you get eye pain, burning eyes. Red eyes, a gritty feeling like there's sand in your eyes. Oh, that's the worst. Ugh. I um, hate it. Yeah. I hate anything to do with eyes. You know, eyes. like you literally feel like there's Blech. something in there. This is gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, sensitivity to light, watery eyes, blurry vision, swollen eyes and eyelids, oh. headaches, um, glare and halos around lights. Um, it doesn't cause actual blindness. Like you're not blind. Oh, I thought you would like, couldn't see at all. But and it usually resolves within 24 to 48 hours. I think it's you're so swollen and they're burned and it's so hot. It's like you you can't see, see quote unquote, but you're not actually blind. blind. Okay. Um, but you can't. I mean, you can barely open your eyes. Um, the treatment is if you wear contacts, take them out immediately. 
and don't wear them again until your eyes are completely healed. Um, take over the counter pain relievers. Use artificial tears to keep your eyes moist. Stay indoors. Wear sunglasses. Place a cool, damp cloth over your eyes, especially if they're swollen. Do not rub your eyes. It's not going to help. Um, <laughs> it will make it worse. Yeah. If it gets worse or lasts longer than a day or two, see an eye doctor right away. And to prevent this, literally just wear goggles or glasses that block 100% of UV rays when you're outside. Well, you see those little weird slick goggles they'll use for snow blindness. You ever see those? The slick? They almost look... They're big. They cover the whole eye. Yeah. And they almost look like tanning beds. And there's like little slits oh, where that yeah. you can see through to really keep the sun from getting oh, to your God. eyes. No. Uh, <laughs> but you can get like any of the... Most of them say like will block yeah. 100% of UV rays. That's all you have to do. <laughs> um, even on a cloudy day, though, if you're skiing and the sun's not out... They, there's still UV rays when the sun isn't right. out, and that's still reflecting up into your eyes, so still wear them even if it's cloudy. Um, and for maximum protection, get goggles or glasses that wrap around, because it can still come in the sides yes. of your glasses. Blind you. I'm blind. Yeah. And I got all that information from All About Vision, an article by Gary Heating. Oh, God bless. Mm-hmm. Well, that's only one clue as to our stories yes. of next time. Mm-hmm. Next clue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Information from Mayo Clinic would be hypothermia goes mm-hmm. hand in hand with snow blindness. Hypothermia, it's when your body drops, your body temp drops faster than your body can produce heat. Mm-hmm. You know what body temp is, Laura? 98.6. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Hypothermia occurs when it drops below 95. <laughs> it's cold. Blue. Yep. The most common cause of hypothermia is exposure to cold weather conditions or cold water. Mm-hmm. Specific conditions leading to Hypothermia are wearing clothes not warm enough for weather conditions. That's a big surprise. Yeah. Staying out in the cold too long. Okay, so like if you're going to a nightclub, you're 21, you don't want to ruin your outfit, you're in this little tiny dress, you're waiting in the club lines, you can get hypothermic. Oh, Put on a time. coat. Did it all Put on time. your galoshes and a coat, as my mother would say. Your galoshes. Uh, being unable to get out of wet clothes or into a dry location. Mm-hmm. Follow Falling into water, i.e. a boating accident. Mm-hmm. Living in a house that is too cold, poor heating, or too much air conditioning. Because oh. some of this can happen in the summertime. That's a lot of air conditioning. That's some serious air conditioning. Yeah. Um, or it could be for a child mm-hmm. in the AC that cannot regulate their temp yes. yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does your body lose heat? Well, Laura, I'm glad mm-hmm. you asked. Mm-hmm. There's radiant heat, which is heat loss from unprotected parts of your body, i.e. you're not wearing a hat, mm-hmm. as my 90-year-old aunt refuses to do because she would ruin her hair, the three strands she has left. Yeah. Wow. So don't wear a hat, Laura, and cover the hair, the head, which loses a ton of heat. Yeah. Right. No gloves or no coat. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm waiting in line at the bar. I'm not wearing yeah. this stuff. Well, plus, where, where are you putting your coat? I'm not I doing I mean, that's true. Time. I mean, you'd walk around with it all night, or if it's in a big pile in the corner, somebody yeah. spilled drinks on it, stole yeah, your wallet. I'm not doing that. Oh, God, I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, direct contact. The body comes in contact with something very cold, like water, cold mm-hmm. wet clothes, or the cold ground. You're sleeping yes. outside, you're mm-hmm. lost in the woods, you're sleeping on the ground. Okay. Body heat is lost much faster in water than from air. Mm-hmm. Wind. It, ar- it carries heat away from the body, so pay attention to wind chill yeah. when it's out there because it is going to make you much colder. Mm-hmm. So, when it's cold, your hypothalamus kicks in and says, um, you're cold, heat up. <laughs> so you start to shiver. That's sign one. Usually, shivering will raise your metabolism and your muscles and they start generating heat. Mm-hmm. If you get cold too quick, your body can't keep up and your core temp starts to drop. Mm-hmm. As this happens, the blood is going to shunt away from your extremities, i.e. my Raynaud fingers, mm-hmm. 
and it's going to shunt to your core to reduce and reduce heat loss from the skin and it's going to protect the key organs so right. that's why everything shunts away from the skin and your hands get white and your face gets white because mm -hmm. it's trying to keep your heart alive. wake your head up too and say hey mm -hmm. dumbass get out of the cold so your risks for hypothermia mm -hmm. are exhaustion well that's me all the time i, I might have it right now <laughs> older age okay that's two <laughs> elders may not be able to communicate that they are cold or move to a warmer location because they have alzheimer's or something right. bizarre very young, like little babies, will lose heat faster than adults. Mm -hmm. They also, um, kids outside, and we've all done this, they're blue, they're shivering, they're pale, and they will not come in because mm -hmm. they're having too much fun. So they're too stupid to come in from the cold. And they're never going to dress properly. Oh, no. this is my way. I don't want any of the How would I need gloves? too heavy. Yeah, their fingers look like they're going to fall off, but they don't want to wear it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You could also, another risk factor is mental illness. A lot of the homeless outside, they won't go into shelters. They, their, their mental illness is mm -hmm. affecting their decisions to get warm. They will, uh, you have dementia pa patients that leave the house and they will go with no jackets, no coats, no shoes, and they're walking around in the cold. P sleeping outside because you're homeless. Mm -hmm. Alcohol and drug abuse. Mm -hmm. Alcohol makes you feel like you're warm because it dilates your blood vessels, causing quicker heat loss. Yeah. It also impairs your ability to shiver. So oh. do not get shit-faced while you're waiting in the club line. Yes, that. because you'll shiver, but much later. Mm -hmm. It's almost too late when you're shivering because you're just like, what abs? You know, yeah. hey, what abs? I feel a little cold. Actually, I'm not cold. I'm going to take my jacket off. Okay. Some medications, like medical, con uh, not medications. Yeah. Oh, some medications uh, and also medical conditions. <laughs> Like hypothyroidism. Yes. And you know what? I'm stone cold sober today because I felt like these stories warranted sobriety. Well, yeah. It's a I lot mean, of what they went through, I think, should be yeah, done I mean, we should do with that. not it's sober. That's all. All right. So anorexia, diabetes, trauma, or spinal cord injuries affect mm -hmm. your ability to feel cold. Mm -hmm. Symptoms, hypothermia. First one was shivering. Slurred speech or mumbling. Hmm. Slow, shallow breathing. Weak pulse. Clumsiness or lack of coordination, drowsiness or very low energy. That's me all the time. <laughs> Loss of consciousness. Infants will have bright red cold skin and they should not sleep in a cold room because yeah. they can't get warm. Late stage is paradoxal undressing. Yes. This happens at a very late stage when the person is very confused and combative. They will begin to remove their clothes. Mm -hmm. 20 to 50% of deaths related to hypothermia are because of paradoxal undressing. Mm -hmm. So it comes in stages. When your body temperature gets from 90, between 95 to 90, you have high blood pressure, you're shivering, rapid breathing and heart rate, your blood vessels have all constricted. Apathy, which means you don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> and fatigue. You have impaired judgment and lack of coordination. Mm -hmm. Moderate. Oof. 90 to 82. You're pretty fucking cold if you're 82. Jesus. You will now have an irregular heartbeat. Yeah, I can't imagine okay. why. <laughs> Your heart rate's very slow because you're going into hibernation <laughs> and breathing. Lower level of consciousness. How you're conscious if you're <laughs> your body core is that 82. Is I don't know. Dilated pupils. Low pride partial. Low blood pressure and a decreased in reflexes. Mm -hmm. Severe, less than 82. I would think you are completely unconscious. Oh, yeah. Labored breathing, non-reactive pupils, heart failure, pulmonary failure, and again, it, the advertisement. <laughs> so, you're fucked. All right. Treatment. Move a person to a warm, dry place or shelter them from the elements. Remove wet clothing. Mm -hmm. 
Cover the entire body, leaving only the face exposed with warm blankets. Mm -hmm. Put them on a blanket to insulate them from the ground. Mm -hmm. Monitor breathing and start CPR if necessary, because it has always been told you are not dead till you are warm, warm and dead. And dead. Mm -hmm. So if they pull somebody out of ice-cold water, if they pull somebody out of an ice-cold snowbank or whatevs, they're going to warm you up before they're going to declare you dead. Mm -hmm. Provide skin-to-skin -skin contact. Ooh, this gets dirty. <laughs> if possible. And wrap you, up, wrap you both up in blank blankets to transfer heat. So when it's like yes. really cold, get naked yeah, and, and wrap you both. Wrap it all together. When I had Vienna, um, this should have been my clue one. And I'm laying there, I'm watching the Patriots lose the Super Bowl and... <laughs> The nurse comes in. She's like, your daughter's very cold. Can we do the kangaroo care? I'm like, what the fuck is kangaroo care? She's like, can we just, can we put her skin to skin? I'm like, yep. So she takes a little Johnny off and a little tiny diaper. She looks like a little alien. And I pull my Johnny neck. She puts her on my chest. I put the blanket over both of us. Mm -hmm. I fall asleep. She's asleep. The woman comes in maybe an hour later. She's like, oh, that's exactly where she wanted to be. She's happy as anything now. She hasn't left since. That yeah. was 14 yeah. years ago. All right. So provide warm drinks if the person is unconscious, but no alcohol or caffeine is conscious. As I'm like, unconscious. <laughs> Back up. You don't want to give it to an Do you'll, not give an you'll kill them from choking. <laughs> Sorry. Pardon. Um, no, give them if they're conscious and they can drink, give them warm drinks, but nothing with alcohol or caffeine. So yeah. no hot toddies. If the person is cold and not breathing, you again, you're going to institute CPR. Mm -hmm. Prevention. If you live alone, have someone check on you regularly. Mm -hmm. If stranded in a motor vehicle, move everything you need from the trunk to the car so you don't have to get out of the car. Mm -hmm. Run the car for 10 minutes every hour as long as your tailpipe is clear because you don't want to asphyxiate yourself. No. Create a winter survival kit for your car, mm -hmm. which would have blankets, non-perishable foods, first aid kit, and water. Mm -hmm. No booze. All right. Outdoor activities. Wear multiple layers of clothing. The innermost layer should have wool, silk, or polypropylene as they retain heat the best. Mm -hmm. Layer clothing traps in air, which will heat up and keep you warm. Do not overexert or sweat, which causes heat loss because now you're getting wet. Right. Wear a hat or a thick scarf on your head. Mm -hmm. To <laughs> Avoid alcohol. And eat plenty of calories. See, I was made for yes. cold weather living. Because yeah. God knows, in the past week, I am Oh my God, I have been awful this cold week. Cold weather travel. Awful this week. <laughs> Children and infants should have one more layer than an adult. Bring kids indoors if they are shivering, and do not let babies sleep in a cold room. Mm -hmm. And that, my friends, is hypothermia, which is clue number two yes. to stories of next week. So I just wanted to, my aunt's um, brother-in-law passed away um, last week. Oh, I'm sorry. He was a firefighter up in Portland, and he also was a lobster fisherman, and he was out on his boat. Oh, no. They found... he. Somehow over. went over. They found him, got him out, but he was obviously was he alone. I don't, I, I don't know the the details, all of it. I just know he went over. I know all oh, the boats in the I'm harbor sorry. were looking, you know, yeah. trying to get him, and they got him and they brought him to the hospital up there, and they actually put him on ECMO. Oh wow! To warm him, which is yeah. a bypass. Um, you know, to you got to warm them and you try to get them perfusing. Um, and he did pass away that night, but. It, he was in the water. It was freezing. The oh, only, yeah. I said, you know, when I heard, I said, the only saving grace is the freezing does preserve. Yes. So if you can't get come him back, back yes. your brain is preserved. But um, he didn't make it, but it was just, it's just awful. When I first started working, yeah. one of the nursing assistants had a brother who um, worked on the fishing boats up in Alaska. Mm -hmm. 
and the ship was going down and they had rescued everybody. He was the last to come out and they dropped him. Oh. And they couldn't go back for him because oh my God. I don't know if it had to do with the helicopter or the right. other people, but they could not go back for him. Oh. It was said that supposedly he was already like kind of gone. But yeah. that story that was 27 years ago has mm. haunted me uh, yeah, that's forever and how that family like, what if, what if, yeah. what if. But yeah. those talk about, there's a reason that's on the world's most dangerous jobs because yeah. that is a dangerous goddamn job. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to. Well, shout out my condolences. To, to me, Flynn. My condolences mm-hmm. to Timmy Flynn's family. Yes. Okay. Um. So I'm going to talk about frostbite. A couple of Halloweens ago, Cameron went as a uh, frostbite victim for Halloween. <laughs> I did some great makeup. I did some kick-ass makeup. Just some blue splotches. <laughs> no, it was all black with a little oh, red. Nice. Like red vessel. Yep. Oh, he looked freaking great. That's he was hysterical. Great. Huh? I'm um, cool, Mom. <laughs> he was a never speak to me. That was my reading into thin air times. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> like you you're going been... as a frostbite victim. <laughs> he's like, sure. Yeah, he's like, this is great. Um, so frostbite is an injury to your skin when it is exposed to cold that causes the top layer and tissue under your skin to freeze. Ouch. Yeah. So it is usually seen on fingers, toes, ears, and noses, but can occur wherever, you know, whatever is exposed. So your skin is your largest organ. We all know this, yes? Um, there Some are, guys would beg to differ, I'm yeah, sure. Well, of course they would. Um, <laughs> there are blood vessels all throughout it to help keep it healthy and alive. You know, you need mm-hmm. blood to keep your tissues alive. Um, when you're exposed to the cold, your blood vessels constrict to divert the flow of blood right. from your extremities to your core to keep you to warm. To the important parts. Like we said, it, keep your vital organs warm. So fingers, toes, ears, nose, they all, all the blood is shunted away from it um so you get tissue damage from that because you're not getting blood to those extremities um you're at increased risk of frostbite if you are exposed to cold temps for prolonged periods of time if cold temps are accompanied by winds which they usually are mm -hmm, and if you are at higher altitude um there are three stages of frostbite one is frost nip (laughs) frost nipping at your nose we're not, we're not getting a full bite. It's just a little nip. Just a little, a little nip. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very mild. There's usually no damage. Um, skin turns red. It's cold to the touch. If you stay in the cold, you might feel numb or pins and needles. Um, it can be treated by getting out of the cold. Shocker. Shocker. That's so yep. smart. Um, rewarming by soaking the area with warm water for 15 to 30 minutes. Do not use hot water. You'll Because you'll get scalded. Yeah. Um, and don't use heating pads because you can get a burn. Um... As the skin warms, you can start to feel pain and tingling because the sensation right. is coming back to your um, skin. Take over the counter, like ibuprofen or Tylenol or whatever, for pain if you're uncomfortable. Second stage is superficial frostbite. Uh-oh. Yep. The skin turns from red to pale or blue. Sounds like that's what Jack had. Yeah. When you said... When he had a little <laughs> cheek. It was like real gray. It's superficial frostbite. <laughs> Just superficial. It's oh, half-ass frostbite. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little more than nip, a little less than bad. So, um, Ice crystals can form in your skin. Yeesh. Um, it can make the area hard, um, and it can feel like it's frozen. Like when you right. touch it, it can feel like it's frozen. Um, skin might feel warm, and it might swell. So the frost nip, you're going to feel cold. Once you get to the first stage of frostbite... It's going to stop feeling warm and swelling a little bit. That's weird, yeah. Huh? Um, your tissue is still alive, but you have to seek medical treatment as soon as possible to prevent 
for the damage. Um, doctors will rewarm immediately and they'll treat you for pain after the rewarming because, again, you're going to start getting all the feeling right. back in that area and it's going to be sore because you have ice crystals in your skin. <laughs> um, they'll most likely wrap... And they don't usually belong there. <laughs> they'll most likely um, wrap the affected area after it's rewarmed. They might give you IV fluids depending on how big of an area is um, frostbit. After rewarming, you might get blisters. Ouch. The doctors might drain said blisters, Ugh. and sometimes they become infected, oh, and that requires a treatment of antibiotics. Um, your skin might look blue or purple afterwards. You may swell, and you may also have burning sensation where you were frostbitten. You can fully recover, and most do, but some do have permanent problems like pain or numbness Ooh. where the area was no. affected. No, 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 no. The third stage is deep frostbite. That affects the skin and the underlying tissues. Skin looks blue or splotchy. It may feel numb. The muscles near the area won't work correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might develop blood-filled blisters. Oh! <laughs> seek immediate medical attention. If you have blood-filled blisters, please oh, From any reason, go medical get medical attention. attention. No. That's um, not normal. No. They will rewarm the area. They will wrap the area. They will give you pain meds. They will give you IV fluids. You might receive blood thinners because some severe cases can cause blood clots and it helps improve the blood flow to the area even if you don't have blood clots. Blood clots or is it just frozen solid? I know. I'm going to say blood clots. <laughs> um, after rewarming, the skin will be black and hard. And because of... <laughs> well, I have so many things I want to say to yeah, that, but I won't. I know. Go ahead. It's And that's because the, of the tissue. Your tissue's yeah. dead if you're this bad. Um, you may also develop blisters. Um, it may take several weeks to determine the full extent of your injury. Sometimes surgery is needed to remove the dead tissue, a.k.a. we're going to cut off your fingers and toes. And maybe the tip of your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, your ears. Fingers, toes, tips of yeah. nose, tips of nose. If the tissue's dead, you have to remove it. Yeah, it's never going to be fixed. No. Um, and it can lead to lasting side effects like pain, numbness, and increased sensitivity to the colds. So. I can tell you if I got frostbite and you clipped off my fingers and toes... I would never go in the, the cold, cold again. again. I would be I living on the fucking equator. I'd have an increased sensitivity just in my head alone, <laughs> never mind the actual I field. have it now. No. So check the weather forecast. Do not spend long periods of time in cold weather and avoid metal and water if out. Don't stick your tongue in any poles. No. Dress appropriately for the weather. Hats, mittens, scarves, sunglasses, ski masks, waterproof and windproof outer layers. Be prepared for the weather. Yes. Like um, if you're going to go skiing or sledding or whatever. Right. Yeah. Don't take it lightly. It, you know, it happens it ain't easily. No joke. It happens a lot. Yep. And I got that from Healthline.com. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Lovely. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Well, we're going to finish off with our fourth clue. Oh, okay. Cannibalism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cannibalism. So you already know if it's cold and cannibalism, there's a few stories out there that we're going to be possibly mm-hmm. covering mm-hmm. we'll tell you at the end mm-hmm. okay so this is from tim newman his particles article particles article uh came out on january 19th 2018 okay laura mm-hmm. cannibalism occurs in every corner of the animal kingdom did really? you know that mm-hmm. no i didn't mm-hmm. sometimes it's for survival sometimes it's out of stress so i might eat my children when i get stressed out uh-huh. or it's for sex uh-huh. uh. eating human meat itself is not bad for you it's like eating any other meat. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're a little fattier from what I understand. So we're not as healthy of a meat. We're mm. not lean. Mm. Okay. If it's not prepared properly, like any other meat. If it's not prepared. You're we're talking about 
not eating a human yet. <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't have it marinated and cooked to an eternal temperature of 165. Yeah, what temperature do we cook human <laughs> meat at? Like, you're going to risk the uh, getting E. coli. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. HIV. Oh. Or even syphilis. You can get the syphilis from eating the You get meat. the syphilis from red meat, red human meat. Oh. Um, and it can also be very constipating human meat. <laughs> the plane crash in the Andes. That no was one, they, they no all suffered cooked. constipation after eating all that fatty meat. But you know, they didn't have a nice au jus sauce with it. Yeah, it was nicely have, prepared. They didn't have asparagus and potatoes mm-hmm. to get it down with. Mm-hmm. It wasn't nicely prepared. Mm-hmm. It was just charred over gas fuel. Okay. So it's not the meat so much that can cause a problem. It's when you consume okay, listen, I'm I'm just gonna preface. It gets gross, all right? So if you have a weak stomach, maybe this isn't the episode for you. I'm also going to preface this by we do not condone or endorse right, eating human right. meat. But we're going to go through a tribe that did this and what happened to them from eating it. So it gets kind of gross, but it's informative okay. and it's interesting. Okay. okay. So it's when you consume the human brain that things will go bad. <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Well, let me tell you why. All right. Okay. The four tribe in Papua New Guinea. Uh-huh. They practice transumption, which is they eat their dead relatives because they think it's better than burying them in the ground. We're just going to eat every fucking part of you. And we say... They eat every dead person. Mm-hmm. And they save the brains and the heart and the organs for the women and children. Oh, good. Because the men feel eating um, flesh before battle weakens them. So the women who were also fixing the bodies would eat all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They believe it's better to consume their loved ones than let them rot in the ground. Nope. Mm -mm. This particular tribe Uh of dead eating relatives, they would suffer from a disease called Kuru, which is unanimously fatal, transmissible spongiform encephalopathy. What is all that? Well, let me Mm. explain to you what a unanimously fatal transmissible spongiform encephalopathy is. Okay. Okay. It is a prion-based disease, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to mad cow disease. Yeah, I was going to say prion equals bad. Yep. Prion is a misfolded, it's a misled, misfolded protein that turns the brain into Swiss cheese. Yeah. Page flip. Okay. It is associated with the accumulation of an abnormal glycoprotein known as prion protein. Mm-hmm. That is a natural protein, and it is known to contribute to Alzheimer's mm-hmm. disease. So now when you eat more prion, they m- make little parties in the brain, and they eat the brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kuru is most often seen in women and children, as they were the ones that traditionally ate the brain. The men believed that during times of conflict, consuming human flesh weakened them. The women and children also cleaned the bodies, leaving them at risk from infection from the open wounds because it is a transmissible disease Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's hear about Kuru. What Mm -hmm. does this disease do? Mm -hmm. Well, it starts with an unsteadiness and tremors. You get the shakes. Mm -hmm. That progresses to emotional instability, instability, incontinence, ulcers, and eventually death. We're going to go through the stages shortly, but we're going to read a little quote first from W.T. Brown. Okay. The first sign of impending death is a general debility, which is followed by general weakness and inability to stand. The victim retires to her house. She is able to take a little nourishment, but suffers from violent shivering. The next stage is that the victim lies down in the house and cannot take nourishment, and death eventually ensues. So he is somebody who was witnessing Mm -hmm. 
this tribe firsthand. Okay. It its incubation period is five to twenty years and can be what? as long yes. Same remember CJD, Chris Jeff yeah. Jacobs disease, which is very similar. Yeah. These people are fine for thirty like they go to Yeah, it was a long they time. Eat but... cow brain thirty years ago, it hits them now. But once it appears, it comes in three stages, which is the first stage is the ambulate stage, which is decreased muscle control, sedentary. Uh, it's just decreased muscle control. And I think that's probably because the advertisement went over it. <laughs> okay. Sedentary stage, incapable of walking, loss of muscle control, severe tremors, depression with outbursts of uncontrolled laughter. The Kuru called it like laughter, not Kuru, the four disease, uh, tribe called it like laughter or something because you'll be just... In bed, and then you're just laughing for no reason. Oh, you're completely creepy. unstable. Creepy. Then you get into the terminal stage, which is they can't sit without support. There's no muscle control at all. They're unable to speak. They're incontinent. They have dis- difficulty swallowing. They're unresponsive to surroundings. They have ulcers with pus and necrosis. Ugh. And generally, the patient dies within three months to two years <gasps> of the symptom onset. During the 1950s, the Australian colonial law enforcement and Christian missionaries reduced this funeral practice of the four. They were going in and they were like, you can't, can't eat grandpa. It's gross. Mm-hmm. All right. And the last victim of crew was in 20, 2005. So, cannibalism, when necessary, just don't eat the brain. Yes, yeah, stay away from the brain. cook it well so mm-hmm. that you don't get syphilis. Mm. So, should we tell them what we're going to talk about? I mean, I think they might be able to guess what you're going to talk about. Well, Next week, we're going to bring in the new year, 2020 style, and we're going to talk the children's blizzard of 18-something. It was very interesting. Yes. And we're going to talk about the Donna Party, the ill-fated Donna Party, which I will never do justice to because it's quite the story, way longer than I remembered, and very sad. Yeah. The children's blizzard's sad, but it's not like as detail well it wasn't as prolonged i'm sure yes of months no as a day like the donna mm-hmm, party mm-hmm. months and months though they didn't have to eat each other no they didn't okay well that's good because yeah. the donna party did yeah all right so that is going to end this covid crazy year yes and hopefully everybody is safe yes. and sound mm-hmm. and you can settle in for long winter's nap listening to Stay scissors and scrubs yes put some blankets on put, put on a hat on. put on a hat yeah. Dress Make for the sure weather. the exhaust for your heat is clear yeah. from all the snow. If you're going to go shovel, don't be doing it with a fifth of whiskey nope. because um, you're going to freeze to death. Yep. And have a uh, wonderful New Year's. Happy New Year. And the Donna Party and the Children's Blizzard will meet you on the other side. Yes. Bye. <laughs> like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.